Hi friends, I'm Jenny Meyer, and you're listening to the Her Daily Grace podcast, where we talk about real life, God's daily grace, and how to walk with Jesus through it all. Be sure to follow us on social at Jenny Meyer and at Her Daily Grace Official. Also, check out the website, herdailygrace.com. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Her Daily Grace podcast. I'm really excited today to be here with a friend of mine, Charity Majors. Um, She is in Southern Idaho. I'm in Northern Idaho, and I just still always get excited because we did meet over social media with other people in Idaho, because most of the time people are like, where's Idaho? Um, And so it's like (laughs) Iowa, no. So I am really excited to have you today, Charity, and to talk kind of about uh, what's going on in the world today. And so before we get started on that, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah. Thanks so much, Jenny. And I just um, love what you're doing and your podcast and um, I'm just happy to be here and to chat. So thanks for having me. Um, so a little bit about me. Oh man. First of all, I mean, I love Jesus. So I feel like it's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I am a wife to a super handsome firefighter who works here in Boise and mama to a, an incredible little five-year-old who just lights up every room that he walks in into and is the cutest guy you'll ever see. Um, I'm an author. I as well have a podcast, which Jenny was on my podcast. So uh, make sure that you guys look that up as well. Um, and I'm a, a soulful mindset coach and a business strategist. Um, that help people go from idea to launch, to profit, to impact. So um, lots of different moving pieces and parts, but love all of it. And I'm excited to chat today. Yeah. I just love how involved you are um, with, with, with everything that's going on. Um, And I mean, even I have learned a lot from just watching you and just being involved. And so my very first question for you, because I've been seeing this a lot all over social media is people are telling Christians that being a Christian, you should stay out of politics. And I want to know what your thoughts are on that. Well, I love this question because I think that it's actually is what has kind of got us into this predicament in the first place. Um, Right. We hear like that, the, you know, be in the world and not of it. And I think that what that, what that caused, and yes, that's biblical. Like let's like be in the world and not of it. But what that doesn't mean is that we are literally like hands off. And all we do is hide in the four walls of the church in our safe little communities and never get involved in, in community, in schools, in, in politics, in business. Um, and what's really interesting is that I think that us as Christ followers, that we should have some of the biggest influence in all of these different areas. Um, there's a really great book. It's called us uh, the seven mountains, um, uh, the reformers handbook for the seven mountains. And there are basically seven mountains of influence, um, in society. And those are, uh, media arts and entertainment, uh, religion, um, which is like the church. Uh, let me see here. Uh, the mountain of economy, the mountain of family, the mountain of education and the mountain of government. And what's um, interesting about this is that, and that's referred to in the book of revelation for the seven mountains of influence. And, 
and we're called to all of it. And it just really depends on what God is, what God has called you to as to what mountain that you are supposed to be making an impact um, on. And what's really amazing as Christ followers is that we literally have firsthand access to heaven's strategies for those things, because we are called to bring heaven to earth. We're literally called to bring out down strategies from heaven and implement them into the earth. So the earth looks more like heaven. And if we leave government out of that, then of course we're going to have corruption in government. Of course we're going to have corrupt, um, you know, big companies that pay off politicians to be able to push their agenda instead of protecting the people. Um, and so I think that Christians and Christ followers not being involved in government is what has got us into this predicament in the first place. <laughs> I love it. I totally agree. And I mean, I was never into politics before probably March, 2020, like Same. honestly, Same. and, and I think, I think a lot of people would say the same thing that they, that's when they woke up to like, what is really going on and started doing their own research and started really seeing the corrupt world that we live in and, and how bad it really is. Um, but I still see so many people, whether they are Christians or not literally living with their head in the sand and not wanting, like, don't tell me, you know, just putting blinders on, like, I just want things to go back to normal, but in reality, things are not going back to the way they were ever. Um, we are in a very, very pivotal point in history, in my opinion. And I know that you would agree with that. Um, and I do, I mean, I agree with you. I think that's why we are at this point. And on, on a lot of my podcasts and even on Instagram as well, I talk about the spiritual battle that's going on. And I know that you and I align the same with that as well. Can you talk a little bit to like what it means to say that there is a spiritual battle? Like, what does that mean to someone who's not accustomed to hearing those words? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the simplest way to put it is that we are multidimensional, right? We are mind, soul, body, spirit. And just because we can see, can't see something with our eyes, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? We've, I, I know for me, I've never seen the wind, yep. but I can feel the effects of the wind. Yep. Um, and I think that's something to understand is that the spirit of God right? Like, yes, he can absolutely like show up and manifest in different ways that our physical eyes can see, but our spirits are made to commune with the spirit of God and God's first language is not English. (laughs) And so what that looks like is in the spiritual world, we can connect with that aspect in different ways. And that is, we can be a seer, right? Those people that can see the spiritual realm, whether it's through their, you know, through their eyes, um, through dreams, through visions, and um, we can be hearers. Those people are the ones that they can really t- um, tap in and hear God's God's voice. And um, we can be knowers, right? Those people that they just like know that they know that they know. They don't know how they know, but they know. Um, and then the feelers. So those are the people that they can walk into a room or that they can walk and you know stand next to someone and they feel like everything of what's going on. And so, and a lot of times those are those empathic people who have taken on so much feeling that's not necessarily theirs to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Christ followers, we're called to shift the atmosphere with our spiritual authority because we are seated in heavenly places mm-hmm. um, with Christ. And so when it comes to the spiritual battle aspect of things, 
this is a really interesting thing because so many times, especially as Christians, we're coming from this space of battling from the earthly realm. When we're not called to do that, we are called to literally, again, be seated in Christ in what's called the third heaven. And so this earthly, we're on earth right now. And then in the, in the Bible, it talks about um, power, like principalities and powers of heaven, which we also know they're not in God's heaven. And so that is the second heaven. And if we are seated in Christ, um, seated in heavenly places, then we are in that third heaven. And that's where we, that's where our authority comes from as sons and daughters, where we are called to be able to really fight that battle. And then we take that authority and walk that out in action here on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually kind of want to go back to what you were saying about the, uh, like waking up to like to, to politics and yeah. to government. And, um, cause I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I remember even taking like history and government in high school and in college and, I had no interest. And because it, most of it was because it was just such, it was like boring dates. It was like on this day and in 1700, blah, 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 like this person said that. And it was like, like, it was such a boring thing that it didn't like, I just like checked out. But what's really interesting is similar to you is like, oh, actually this stuff matters and how our founding fathers set up our country and the con like the bill of rights and the declaration of independence and the constitution was in one of the greatest states of emergency, literally, literally living under tyranny in great Britain for decades and decades and decades. So they know what it looks like to have rights taken away. They know what it looks like to have their families, you know, like their, their homes and everything taken away from them, which is why they literally like, like risked everything that they had to go into like the potential of a land that they had no clue that really even existed. Um, and when you're willing to take that big of a risk, you're also, you also understand like how to be able to shore up what it looks like Mm-hmm. for freedom. And so the reason why they laid down on purpose, the declaration of independence first, and then uh, like declaring that us as humans, that we have rights that are given by God. They're not given by the government. They're not given by business. They're not given by anybody else. They are given by God and that the power is in the people. And that literally the constitution was put in place, not to restrict the power of the people, but to restrict the power of government. Mm-hmm. It starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. And when you start to understand that that's how, what our country was founded on, like that should make you come alive. That literally government is meant to like, there were instituted, put in place to literally protect our freedoms, not to take them away. And of course we're a long way off from that. No kidding. (laughs) And I feel like, well, that's not taught in schools. Like it's not like tied back to, it was founded on a biblical stance that this country and, you know, how much God was in the country to begin with when, when America started. So yeah, I completely agree with you. And it does like, for me, it totally makes me want to do more research. Like, well, what really happens? Because we're not being taught the truth in my opinion now. Um, and so, um, I guess my next just question for you is, how are you involved and how can other people get involved in this fight on like the biblical stance as a Christian woman, especially, um, I'm about 95% of the listeners are women on this podcast, which is great. This is what I want. Um, so 
how can people get involved and, and what are you doing to be involved? Well, I think the biggest, like the start is to understand where again, that to like, to stand firm, that our, that our rights and our freedoms, that they come from God. Um, and that we, as the people that are founding fathers, that they created government, government didn't create the freedoms that people have and the create, the created cannot be more powerful than the creator. And so understanding that just as a, like, as a foundational thing, and that literally government is meant to protect our freedoms and not to restrict them. um, Those things, as you start to like mold those over and understand what that looks like, some really great resources to help you dive into those, which again, like were rabbit trails that I started to dive into because as, as that simple shift in my mind happened or that simple understanding, um, it was almost like government then got flip-flopped. Right. Cause I think that, I think the understanding that I had of government was that they were just like these, you know, these people that just made all the these rules that we had to follow and had no choice when in reality, government officials are elected by the people to work for the people to protect the freedoms of the people. And so when you start to understand that again, one of the main resources that has really helped me, it's a book, it's called Sovereign Duty by Chris Ann Hall. Um, she's got a really great YouTube channel. She has, um, and she even has an incredible, um, it's a movie that I highly recommend. Um, it's called non-compliant, um, and it's at noncompliantmovie.com, which you can watch it for free. Um, and it talks about what it looks like to peacefully not comply, to be able to understand that we get to take a stand in our rights, um, and peaceful non-compliance, right? This is like the peaceful way of saying, actually, these are the rights that I already have. I don't need your permission, government. I don't need your permission business to do this or to like to wear this or to not wear this or to inject this or to not inject this because the rights that I have regarding my body and the sovereignty of my body is my choice and it's not yours. Mm -hmm. Um, and so understanding some of those things and how, what it looks like to peacefully non-comply, um, I think that that's another really great resource. And then she also has a really great um, online course. It's called Liberty First University. And that has been so incredibly um, enlightening in the, in the way of not only how our country was set up, but um, the meanings of different documents and the verbiage and actually how involved women were in the establishing of America and and how big of a deal that was. And so it actually just changes the complete narrative of what's being said about white supremacy and that all these white guys and whoever they were, whatever, and all the slave stuff, like literally like everything that's being projected in the narrative right now is like completely false Mm -hmm. according to true history and how our country was set up and that women and and African-Americans and slaves, like they actually fought alongside our founding fathers for the freedom for that, because all men and women were created equal. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, So with that being said though, on the non-compliance, like peaceful non-compliance, a lot of Christians are bringing up Romans 13 of that, that says be subject to your government. So I just see a lot of argument 
on that, I mean, my thought on that is that when the government goes against God, I'm not going with the government, my, my allegiance and my, I I'm following God, I'm not following the government. And so that's kind of my take on it. And, you know, even when, when Daniel was in Babylon and he didn't bow down to the gods that they wanted him to, he kept doing his thing and God saved him. Um, so what is your take on that Romans 13 passage of, you know, being subject to the government authority? Yeah. So I think it's, it's, again, it's one of these, it's one of these things that has been turned into somewhat of like a word salad. Yep. yep. Um, and exactly what you're saying is that when the government is being corrupt, mm-hmm. it's actually is our job as Christ followers to stand firm in our beliefs mm-hmm. as like knowing how heaven looks mm-hmm. and being able to stand firm in that, to bring that into earth. Yeah. Um, you know, and like what you're saying, like Daniel, you know, like above all, he honored and respect God and he followed the government of the kingdom of heaven over any government that he was subject to. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really interesting, especially in, in America is that when it comes to government, the power lies in the people, not in the government. We, the people, our founding fathers created the government. And so it's this really interesting um, paradigm shift mm-hmm. of where our power, where our freedoms come from. And that's why I say, like, once you start to understand that as a foundation, then you being subject to the government is actually being subject to the power that lies in the people and not into politicians. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to stand firm too and stand firm in what is right and not just do things just because, well, I want to travel. I want to do this. I want to be able to go into this restaurant and go shopping here um, and standing firm. And it's, it's scary. And I was talking with someone actually earlier today on this very thing of like, what, what's the mountain that you're willing to die on? You know, are you willing to just continue to comply, comply, comply because you want these certain rights yet they're not really rights. If they're trying to take it away and say, well, you have to do this first, you have to get the shot or whatever in order to do these things. It's so important that we do stand strong and do it in a peaceful way. But when is enough enough, like for, for Christians to take that stance and take the hard stance and band together. I mean, that's kind of the question up in the air, like for me, like for other people, like when is enough enough for you? Cause I'm willing to do it now, but other people that want the freedoms to travel, to do things like it's not worth it for me. I'll just stay home and never go anywhere again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's where I think that truth lives in tension. I think that it's like, it's not one or the other. And I think that that's where discernment really comes in. Yep. Um, and and really knowing, like having that firm identity in what God has called you to. Um, and I think, you know, the hard part too, is that we're each on our own individual dirt on our journeys. Like, yep. right. Like you, 
and I were called to be a voice and we're called to like wake people up and we're called to, um, you know, be someone of that voice of truth and to say, look, this is like, we can like feel it in our bones that there are things that are not right. Um, and other people like that might not necessarily be their call and where God has them. And that's okay. Like, right. It's like literally like having to detach from the outcome of what anybody's journey is and trusting God in all of it. Mm-hmm. And saying, okay, like regardless of how many people wake up or don't wake up or whatever it is that they believe or whatever they want to put in their bodies or not put in their bodies, the only thing I can control is myself. And I am accountable to what God has called me to do. And he's going to take care of the outcome. Yeah. It's not anything that I can do. Um, but what's really, what's really interesting is that I think that there's more of us that are awake than what we even know. Yep. Yep. And it's happening faster and faster and the veil is lifted and things are being exposed. Like, and you're not going to see it on, no. you know, on mainstream news TV. Like I can always tell where someone gets their sources because they say like the exact same robotic thing that yep. is being said on all news channels which is fine. And I think the hard part is, right, there's been this shift to where news channels, they used to be credible and reporters used to be able to like share about things that like, whether it was, you know, like they used to be able to share about the truth until like this big shift happened over the last couple decades where literally like six organizations, six companies we have the illusion of variety and six companies literally like own every single like news outlet, a newspaper, magazine, like anything that you're hearing. Um, and so when it comes to understanding that, mm-hmm. like it matters so much, like it, like to be able to trust our discernment and to say, Ooh, like something does not feel right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think the more, the further that we get into this, like since March, 2020, and even prior to that, but the further that we get into this, I, I, like you said, I do feel like people are, are, their eyes are being opened. Um, and if someone were to ask you, well, where do I get the truth then? Like what sources do I get the truth? What would you tell them? Like, where do you go for truth versus CNN <laughs> oh, not, you know, not sure. or even Fox, any of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it right now, what I am diving into is actually what prophetic voices are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because they are seeing from heaven's perspective and they are like prophetic voices in the Bible. They're right. The fourth tellers, the four seers, the ones that um, are seeing what God is doing from his perspective, um, here on earth. And so there's a lot of prophetic voices that I'm really, um, tuning into, um, Johnny and Elizabeth Enlow are one of them. Um, they were actually just on my podcast, um, talking about the seven mountains. Um, another one is Chris Ballatin. Another one is Haley Braun. Um, uh, they're like, they have such an incredible way of knowing what's going on in the spiritual realm. And then what I do, like what uh, that allows me to do is then attach my faith to what God is doing mm-hmm. in what seems like such a hopeless situation. Because I know that there are so many times where it's like, I look at what's going on in the physical realm and I can start to feel so hopeless. Yeah. 
And I can start to feel so lost and like, oh my gosh, like our system is so broken. It's so broken. And then when I get God's heart for it, and when I get to hear God's heart for what it is that he's doing, like that shifts my entire perspective. Mm -hmm. And it gives me hope for not only our future, but it also gives me strength to be able to keep going Mm -hmm. in what looks like a hopeless situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So true. So, so true. And then what that looks like is to get involved on a practical level. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it looks like learning who your legislators are, who are your local representatives and are they voting for big government who follow the money, right? Are they taking money from whatever organizations um, or are they voting for small government and the power is in the people? Um, so you can literally like Google your state. Like if you're in Idaho, like us, like you can look like little like Google or duck, duck, go, who is my legislator? And it will literally like you put in your address and it'll pull it up and get to know them. They're literally there to work for you. Um, so getting to know your legislators, um, finding other freedom activists. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think what's really interesting nowadays, especially on social media is like we can post about something, but I think that that gives a false sense of activism. Yep. Yep. And posting something into the social media ether is like, sure, that's fine. And that can like give a quick little jolt of, yeah, like I'm doing something, but it's not really effective activism because that doesn't create change on a legislative level. And so what that looks like is calling and emailing your legislators. It looks like if you're in Idaho, like the Idaho Freedom Foundation, they have a really great, it's called a freedom index. And it literally ranks all of our Idaho legislatures, uh, legislators according to how they're voting for, whether it's big government or small government. And it is literally just based on their vote. And you can see who the rhinos are. You can see who is, who is voting for small government and for the people. Um, you can see who is standing for the rights that our constitution is supposed to be protecting us with. Um, and so that is a really, really powerful piece. And then it literally is like, about like calling them, having coffee with them, like emailing them. If you don't like what they're doing, then you better get your neighbors together and you're going to vote them out in 2020 because nothing scares a politician more than the threat of their job. And if they are not voting for you, then you start a coalition or you get connected with other like-minded people in your area. You find someone that can run for, um, for freedom in in your, in that seat or in that office and you get behind them and you vote the other person out in the next election. And that is where our power, like, like where we can, um, start to be effective in activism. Um, even just earlier today, I saw, um, another really great organization is, um, freedom keepers. It's a nonprofit organization and they, um, are really big on, um, uh, health freedom and med- like informed consent. And uh, Biden was just supposed to announce mandatory jabs for military. And there were over 300,000 emails and phone calls against it. And so he has pushed it off. Like he was literally supposed to announce it on Friday and he pushed it off. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. And so that stuff matters, but you, like, you got to do it. 
Yep. And to those of you listening, I will link all of this in the show notes below. So you can just click the links um, for these resources and where you can go as well. So my last question, or just like, I don't know, a lot of people, a lot of moms are facing the decision to homeschool their kids, to pull their kids out of public school. Um, and I, I mean, for me, I'm just waiting to see what the school board does. If they do bring in, um, mandating masks again, or, you know, vaccines or whatever, my kids are out. Like I'm not going to, they're not going to get paid for my kids being in school. And does that scare me? Absolutely. Because my goodness, like homeschooling three girls pray for me if that comes down to it. Cause, oh man, I don't know if I could do it, but I know that if it was the right decision and that's what God wanted me to do, it would be okay. And we'd all survive and it would be great. But what are your thoughts or any advice that you have for moms right now? Um, whether, cause a lot of people are just like, no, I just need my kids. Just take my kids. You know, yes, they get an education and, and it's that social interaction as well. But is that worth what we are sending them into? So oh, what are your sure. thoughts? For sure. And I think that this is such an interesting thing that we're seeing right now because I'm in Boise and they, um, the uh, Boise city or Boise County or whatever the mm-hmm. <laughs> school district is yeah. here. They just announced uh, masks for the fall. Okay. Um, it just a certain area like West Ada and a couple other ones haven't done it, but people are, and I think it's actually today, the day that we're recording this, people are showing up to the school board um, to protest it. Um, I think some of that is, I mean, obviously, you know, what's going to be best for, you know, for the, the mom that's listening, you know, what's going to be best for you and for your kid and for your family. Um, and so if that is them still going to school, um, and if you aren't wanting to them to wear masks, or again, I think that the, the vaccine thing is going to be pretty interesting to see this fall. Um, I think again, knowing the freedoms and the rights that you have and standing on those. So if that is a, a religious exemption, if that is a medical exemption, get the paperwork that you need, um, and stand on that. Um, there are, um, a lot of, I want to say, so idahohealthfreedom.org, they have another, like a lot of really great documents, like things that you can print out and say, Nope, here's my medical exemption. Here's my religious exemption. Um, And, uh, you're able to be, you know, just equip yourself with those things. Um, and I think it's great, right? I think it's like, okay, yes. Like pulling our kids out, if that is like, like what's needed. Um, I think that's going to show a, like, that is one of the biggest demonstrations that we can do. And at the same time, I think that there's also some of that of like, okay, is it going to create the same problem? of what got us here in the first place, right? Like just like running away and hiding and not being a part of it instead of being a part, being in it and making change. And my husband and I have always talked about that. And that's why our kids have always been in public school um, because a lot of people we know take their kids to a private Christian school or homeschool. And that is great if God is calling you to do that. But my husband and I both graduated high school from here, you know, went away for college, came back, but we, if we pull all of these Christian kids out of the public school, what, what is that creating as well? And so we have always made it a point like, nope, we're just going to be involved in the school. My husband was on the school board for a few years, um, you know, things like that. And just being present in the school, knowing the teachers, knowing what they're learning and 
you know, if, if they come home with something that is not biblically sound, which I mean, lately, I feel like it's everywhere. (laughs) Then I'm literally sitting down with my kids and going over like, no, this is the truth. Um, and so I agree with that thought of, you know, if, if we all pull our kids out, then what, um, So yeah, like a big thing that can help, like if we are pulling our kids out and like, I'll admit, like I was going to, I have a five-year-old and he was four last year during COVID and during everything. And, and I just didn't even want to deal with like, maybe they're open, maybe they're closed. Maybe they're not, you know, he's four, he's going to be in preschool. So I just like started, like, I just like called like 10 of my mom friends and I was like, Hey, you guys want to like start this like little weekly thing. Um, So understand that if you are in public school and you're like wanting something different, there are options. Mm -hmm. There are co-ops, there are Christian schools, there are charter schools. Um, So understanding that you're like, there's, it's not like, Oh my gosh, like I have to just teach my kid everything and anything and I'm have to work or I'm overwhelmed or whatever that might be. Like there are options out there and there are support groups that are there to like help you and your family. Um, and I think that if we can, uh, um, find a legislator that will sponsor something to where if your kid is not in school, then your tax dollars follow your child to where yep. they're going to school. Yep. Cause that matters, right? Cause even if your kid, like right now, some, in some States funding is set up to where our tax dollars still go to school, regardless of if our kid is in it or not. Yep. And so then how you can like make a change is hit them in the pocketbook and say, actually, my kid does not go here. And you start to find those legislators that are going to be able to help sponsor bills or write legislation or change legislation to where funding will follow the child instead of stay in a public school. Um, And so when you start to understand that that's where your power lies and that's how you can make a really big difference, like, sure, like if you want to pull your kid out, do it. And hit them in the pocketbooks and start to be able to like write legislation or find those people that are willing to hold legislation for the funding. Yep. Absolutely. Such a good, good thought. So, so much information that you shared with us today. I appreciate it. I always love chatting with you and just seeing you fight the good fight as well um, from a biblical perspective view. Um, so thank you so much. And I'm sure all of the listeners probably loved it. If they want to find you, where can the listeners find you? I mostly hang out on Instagram. So just at charity majors and you'll just, (laughs) you'll see my cute kid and (laughs) lots of freedom stuff. And, um, yeah, and I'm happy to point you in the right direction of where, I mean, I'm no expert by any means, but I feel like I have at least to have a foundation of like resources on where to be able to go to experts. I'm happy to point you in any direction that you need. And let's get Instagram charity majors. I love it. And if you can send me those links too, and I'll put them in the show notes um, here. So thank you guys for listening. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. And thanks charity. Thank you. Thank you.